Welcome to Inspiration, Influence and Impact, the podcasts with your hosts, Karen Caswell and Catherine Williams. Listen as guests from all walks of life share where they have found inspiration, who has influenced them in their lives and what impact they hope to have on the lives of others. These stories not only connect and empower us, but inspire, influence and impact those around us, often more than we'll ever know. We acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and all Indigenous peoples of the world as the traditional owners and custodians of country and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters, sky and culture. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Inspiration, Influence and Impact. Our guest this episode is, in no particular order, a teacher, competitor, mother and business owner. Her martial arts journey began at the age of 10 with the hope it would help build self-confidence and emotional resilience after experiencing trauma. It's fair to say that she immersed herself in the sport and by the tender age of 16 had earned two black belts in two separate styles of karate. However, her achievements didn't stop there. If you have the privilege to enter her dojo, you'll see scores of trophies showing the talent and drive that she has when it comes to competing, which is also matched by her passion for teaching and empowering others. We're pleased to welcome Monique McGuire to the podcast. Hi, Monique. It's wonderful to have you here. Thank you for having me. Hi, Monique. It's lovely to meet you and thank you very much for being on our podcast. It's my pleasure. Monique, you have a long and distinguished career in martial arts. For listeners who may not be familiar with your imprint on the world yet, please share a bit more about your location, your current work, your passions, mission and vision. Okay, so I'm currently based on the Gold Coast in, um, in Queensland. I'm the full-time chief instructor of the Cutting Edge Martial Arts Centre and I also um, run a program called Mini Karate, um, that operates in a, ch- a childcare centre where I teach 100 children a week that are preschool-aged children, as well as uh, working on my own uh, fight brand called Edge Fight Gear. So a few different things there. But pretty much my, my biggest passion is helping other people grow and, ach- and work towards achieving their goals and their full potential. So um, through martial arts training, I really love it when I see people grow and emerge and beyond what it is that they even expected for themselves. Um, and that really excites me to see these um, milestones being hit and sometimes before they even know that they happen. Wonderful. So there's a, a lot of focus on growing, I guess, the confidence, not so much the, um, the physical skills, which is also a part of it, but that confidence and belief in yourself? Oh, yeah, definitely. The punching, kicking and blocking the fighting side of things, they're just the things that keep you interested. But it's the mental toughness and the perseverance that you get um, through pushing yourself physically that, um, you know, at times where you feel like, you know, this is just too hard, I'm, I just want to quit. Um, and then you're like, oh, just a little bit more, just a little bit more. And I, I'm always talking to parents um, around their children in participating in our karate programs and helping them to establish a really good foundation for um, working towards 
overcoming obstacles in life. So things in school, when things are tough with their peer groups or um, they're finding subject learning difficult, then again, moving through into um, early employment um, and, you know, being knocked back for job after job and things like that. It's like, you know, it's not a failure in yourself. It's, it's just tough and it's hard, but if you keep persevering, you're going to be able to achieve what it is that you set it out to. And that's what that martial arts journey has definitely um, helped me to realise. And I like to try and encourage other people to see the same journey that they they can pursue um, in that as well. So that, you know, their belt gradings, they're, they're really, really tough. They're, we expect um, three and four-year-old children to do an hour and a half grading with repetitive punches, kicks and blocks that, you know, where they want to give up, but that belt that they're working towards is held right in front of them to see. And every time they want to give up, they're like, but I really want that belt. And it's like setting a really, really good um, foundation for working hard to achieve what it is that you want. And then obviously, as we progress through with our, our adults and teenagers, we're looking up four and five hours for gradings. And that's a really long time to, you know, to keep pushing yourself when you, you're mentally and physically fatigued. Very disciplined. Definitely. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about preschool. <laughs> okay, so. It's so cute to see. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, I started the mini karate program probably about 10 or 10 or 12 years ago. Um, and I've got a background in early childhood education. So I was like, well, I teach karate and I love working with kids. But once I had my own children, I was like, I don't want to work in a childcare center again. That's the last thing on my mind. But I do really love working with the little kids. So work, having worked in childcare, um, there was always co-curricular or extracurricular activities that were coming in. And I'm like, well, why can't martial arts be a program that comes in? Obviously there's that, um, idea around safety and promoting violence but in actual fact it's self-control and discipline focus safety and respect for others that we focus on in our program and um, so I, I was in about seven different childcare centers when I first started and then um, I moved up to uh, opening the cutting edge martial arts center in Yatla and I was like, oh, it's too much for me to do both. So I sort of wrapped up the mini karate program, but it was quite interesting. Um, at the beginning of last year, I was contacted by um, My Kindy, which is a family-owned business that have three uh, childcare locations at Varsity, Runaway Bay and Labrador. And one of their um, administration team was a teacher at one or an educator at one of the childcare centers that I used to teach mini karate at they just contacted me out of the blue and they said we're just wondering are you still doing this and it was quite funny because during COVID I'd made a decision I was like you know what I want to get back into mini karate and I sat down with a friend of mine who's actually a a teacher at TAFE for or teaching the diploma and certificate in early childhood education and we sat down and I said look this is my program and she helped me to connect my lesson plans around the early childhood framework and the national accreditation stands. So my whole program had already been put together before these people even contacted me. And, and it was almost like it was meant to be that that work had already been done. Um, and I said, yeah, sure. Look, I'll meet with you and I'll send you my package. This is what I do. And they were like, well, this is exactly what we want. They said straight up, we'll do pretty much the first or the, the last three terms of last year. They're absolutely wrapped with it. Uh, the children absolutely 
flourished in the program. We've not had any incidences where the children are being, you know, endangering in each other or inappropriate in any way because they've all got to wear a karate uniform. They're only allowed to um, participate on the mats that I bring with me. They've given some really good rules and boundaries to work within, but so many of the more boisterous children that are always being told, no, stop, sit, you know, be quiet or, you know, whatever the case is, they're the ones that are getting the most out of the, the class because they're encouraged to yell and be physical and they're celebrated for the behaviours that they're sometimes roused upon. Moving f- full circle on that, some of the more quiet children that are, are observers and, and really look and sort of take things in, all of a sudden they're very, very technical very, very quickly. And I, it's one of my favourite things to do is I pride myself on teaching to each individual child in a month in, in a large group. So I know very, very quickly which children like to have the spotlight put on them and which children would prefer to, for me to leave them, you know, alone and then just say a little quiet word or a, a high five as I walk past or something like that. And I just see the whole group absolutely explode within a very short period of time. We did a, just going back on that, we just, we did uh, the, at the end of year graduations for the, the pre-prep age children. They got up in front of all their families on stage. Uh, I wasn't even near them, but I gave them the verbal cues and I, I stood back probably 10 metres from them and just showed them a little bit. Very, very excitedly performed some of the basic um, skills and techniques. We've got songs that we do as well. And the parents were just absolutely elated to see their children performing in front of them, but working, you know, on the skills that they'd worked on throughout the year. Um, and they all got a little trophy as well. And at the end of every 10 lessons, they get a, a medal and I change the color of the ribbon. So it's progressive that goes through there. At the end of the, every lesson, they get a stamp on their, their attendance card. So every 10 lessons, then they get their, their medal and things like that. So much like the, the karate grading system, there's, um, there's sort of reward for attendance, there's a reward for participation in that mini karate program. So, oh, yeah. That's fantastic. Perfect for their child development. Oh, definitely. It's encouraging children to become independent. It's encouraging them to be resilient. It's encouraging them to work on those impulsive behaviours that allows them to transition a little bit more smoother into school because they're able to focus. They're able to stand still. They're able to, to keep their hands to themselves because they understand that personal space is really important and that we shouldn't be touching anyone else unless they ask us to. And there are a lot of things that we cover in class. So it was quite often, I would just say, with the punches, kicks and blocks, they're just to get their attention. The mat chat that we have and the things that we talk about in class are, are the values really that come, come from it. I had uh, a little boy last week who was crying and he didn't want to do the class. And I said, what's wrong? And being that it was school holidays, I said, oh, is your older brother here? And he's like, yeah. Is he going to go to an activity soon? He's like, yeah, he is. I just want to be with him. I said, I understand that. I said, but can I tell you a little secret? He's like, yeah. I said, you know, sometimes when we do karate, we've got an opportunity to get all the yucky feelings that we've got in our body out. We can do punches, kicks and blocks, and we can shout and yell and scream. And those feelings that we've got inside that are maybe feeling sad or angry or frustrated, we can we can push them all out and then at the end of our karate lesson we can go ah. and and i tell you what the little the little boy within 
two minutes of us getting into the class, he's just had a grin from ear to ear and he did amazing. Mm. So that was really cool. Oh, I love it. They're the youngest that you work with. Currently, what's the oldest um, age person? Oh, I, I think he's 59 or 60. Mm. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Actually, rephrase. I think, yeah, I think around 60, 60. True, maybe she mm. is. I just realized who mm. <laughs> the older person is. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so that's amazing. So many different ages and stages of life. Yes. That yeah, people definitely. can enter into the sport mm. at any of those stages. It's not something that you have to have done since you were a child. Uh, definitely. My oldest student, it was quite funny. She, she started, I think, maybe four ish years ago. But she brought her grandson along to start training with me maybe six years ago. And then she eventually sort of joined in. But she was always worried that she wouldn't be able to do it. And the progress that she's made mm-hmm. is absolutely phenomenal. Like, she, you know, her balance was a bit, you know, sketchy for a while. And at times it still can be. But we work around her her physical limits and modify just a little bit in order for her to, to succeed in, in achieving what it is that she wants to get out of the class. And I'd much prefer to have a class full of people who want to be there, who want to learn, who want to explore that martial arts journey for their own personal benefit or their own goals rather than a class full of robots. But some people don't agree with me like that. It's like a punch is a punch, a kick is a kick. Yeah, I agree. But I also am not going to deny Um, anyone who wants to learn the opportunity to learn and I'm not going to deny them the opportunity to progress because we all have our own limits on what we are able to do uh, to any capacity there's a lot of techniques that I can't do very very well like I can't do jumping spinning kicks and you know things like that my left side's weaker than my right side when it comes to certain techniques and it's like oh I've got to work harder on that but the knowledge that I have probably balances out in my physical limitations in that regard and I've had a lot of children that's come through along the lines with some significant I guess physical limitations as well and you know things like muscle tone it's not their fault they can't do it that's their body's limitation and I've had children with hyperflexing ligaments and and things like that it's like it's not their fault so we've got to make some adjustments along the way to allow them to still be successful because those kids that I've worked with that have had those issues when they talk to some someone else in class they know exactly how it should be and they know exactly the reasoning behind it and and so they can verbalize it even though physically it might not look as easy or come as easy to them as the, the child who's you know naturally talented in everything that they do when it comes to the sport they pick up a ball and they're shooting hoops and things like that for me personally I think it's really important that everyone has an opportunity to be successful or at least work towards their level of success it doesn't necessarily for me have to be the same area there's just so many aspects and elements to martial arts isn't there there's you know the the physical aspect the mental aspect you know Mm. um, Mm. and obviously even just within physical and mental so many different areas that are covered and that are developed and help people to be you know the best version of themselves oh definitely yeah and the benefit of being an individual sport too it's all differentiated you might be doing the same thing but you're all doing it at your own level 
Yeah, that's right. Some people will, you know, progress through their belt grades exceptionally quickly. I mean, I've had some students that have reached a black belt within sort of three years, whereas other children have been training with me for 11 years and, and only just got their black belt that same, that same time. So, and when I say children, I mean, they started with me as kids and now they're teenagers. I started when I was 10. I'm 40 now. So that's a while. Um, and that first part was a little bit tough, you know, as I progressed through, I was like, oh, okay, these pieces click together and that's all, that's better. My first lessons, I cried every lesson. <laughs> it was horrible. How did you get started? My grandmother uh, took me to some classes and she facilitated that um, throughout my childhood and te- teenage years. And she was an absolutely delightful, wonderful woman. Unfortunately, has Alzheimer's now so yeah. that's really really sad but yeah. she's the strongest woman I've I know and she would drive me to to my karate lessons and pick me up um which was very very kind of her I think that leads in to our next question is where have you found inspiration and what impact has it had I definitely am inspired by the personal growth and journey of all of my students that definitely excites me a hundred percent like I get really really excited um, as I mentioned earlier about seeing people's growth and development and seeing them just flourish as people I've had um, people come to me with absolutely zero confidence who won't speak very shy or struggled in a social setting and things like that and then within a sometimes within only a few months they're starting to feel comfortable in our space Sometimes a couple of years later, now they're out the front and they're, they're leading in class in a warm-up and things like that. And they're having a, a really great sense of achievement because they're accepted by the group that they're, they're with. They're proud of themselves. And, and when they, they walk out the door, they can still be shy and as timid as they like. But when they're in that room, they feel safe. That really definitely excites me to see that. Um, and I've also been very much inspired by my my family, my grandfather, um, particularly, and my aunts and uncles, they've all been very highly driven and motivated people. And most of them very, very successful in business. When I've had conversations with them around different things that I've wanted to do, never once was I ever sort of told, no, you can't do that. It's like, yeah, sure. Give it a go. I think that's a great idea. They'll guide me and direct me based on their level of experience and the and their successes but they're not saying oh that's a stupid idea you can't do it it's like yes give it a go I remember um, when COVID first took place um, I'd made the decision to run some mini karate mini sessions through Facebook through Facebook lives and I, I hadn't told any of my family that I was doing it and my auntie had come across it and she rang me up and she's like Monique I'm so proud of you you know you could have just gone it's too hard or whatever she said but you're giving the best shot you possibly can and I was like oh thank you I like I really appreciate it I mean I would have liked to have explored that further but I think as as one person sometimes that stuff can be a little bit overwhelming I don't have the technological skills to do it on a professional level and it obviously takes a lot of resources to be able to do that so I was like oh maybe one day something like that I can do but right now it's not not a now at one point I actually had on one of my mini karate lives I had kids involved throughout Australia and some in uh, overseas I had 200 and something children on one of my lives which was really really cool one of the first ones wow I enjoyed that and it's great that you've got family support because sometimes family because they're the closest to you can be very opinionated 
my uncles particularly are opinionated, but they're, they're definitely supportive at the same time as well. Your family has been a big inspiration to you. What about anyone who has a big influence on you and why? Um, like currently, right now, I'm keeping within my martial arts training because that's pretty much all I do. But my current coach, uh, Nick Atkins, that man blows my mind. I started training with him about three years ago. And at that point in time, I definitely was struggling with my body image, like a little bit in regards to, I just wasn't recovering from having children in terms of getting my body back. Um, And I was at almost a hundred kilos the last time I weighed myself and I've now lost 25 kilos and I've kept that off. But the thing was, I made a decision to start training for myself in the mornings and I'd met Nick. He's the current uh, world champion for Muay Thai. And that's that's what I'm doing with him. But in this three years that I've known him, he's launched Fight HQ, uh, Fight Academy Australia. Wanna, oh, he's been running Wanna Be a Fighter Challenges for the last 10 or 11 years. Had a baby. And he's like, and I've got two more fights coming up. So this man is someone who goes, I'm going to do it. And then he just does it. And I'm like, yeah, that that's the sort of person that I need to surround myself with you know that that circle of people who share similar visions or similar work ethics in in terms of my further future growth I need to surround myself with those people rather than people who say no or don't work hard well I don't think anyone could ever um, accuse you of not working working hard (laughs) just the commitment you when you commit to something you're there 100 percent I sometimes I I get I get pretty tired that's for sure but I think for for me it's like what is it that I really want versus all the other distractions along the way and if the thing that I really want isn't that important the distractions will get in the way but if that's the thing I really 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 want it's like the other stuff is so easy to say no to so what kept you interested and motivated throughout all these years to continue with your karate, especially teenage years where you find other interests and distractions? I think that was my saving grace during my teenage years, to be honest. I have always struggled with quite a low self-worth. Um, and so during high school, that was really quite challenging even though um I was uh by the end of the high school I was a, a house captain and a prefect that was all sort of keeping myself busy so I didn't have to be social with other people because it's like I had other roles and responsibilities to do so when it come to karate it was like oh I I can't go to those those parties or I can't you know go to, to that event or whatever because I have training or I have a competition it really helped me because going to the formal at the end of year 12 was the worst thing I could ever think of ever doing mm. and it just so happened that it was Australian titles that weekend I was like oh I'm getting to the Australian titles instead <laughs> so I don't know I think that what's kept me motivated is it's something that I have a massive passion for and a love for it sounds very cliche and, and people say it a lot along the lines it's like karate is not a part of my life it's a way of life for me, it's, there's no question I'm always going to be training or I'm always going to be teaching or I'm always going to be doing both of those things. Everything else has to kind of fit around it. Martial arts has <laughs> a huge impact on your life, but what impact do you hope to have on others? This is a really good question 
generally speaking, I want to make sure that the people that come into my life know that they're loved and cared for um, and that they're worthy of love, kindness and appreciation. So it doesn't matter if it's within um, martial arts or it's just in going and have, getting a coffee or going through the drive-through. <laughs> my kids always give me a rubbish for this because I'll always greet the person at the, at the window or at the cash register or something like that with enthusiasm and kindness and I'm like oh hi thank you so much I hope you have a great day they're like mom you're so embarrassing I'm like what why can't we just be kind why can't we just share a little bit of positivity with each other because you you know very well the person before me was probably like "Mm." and you know it's like how how hard is it just to be happy and uplifted and make someone else feel good unfortunately don't like people to feel the way that I have felt along the way so I kind of make it a little bit of a mission to ensure no one feels that way at least when they're in contact with me. Do you think working with children having that educational background you're just a little bit more empathetic towards you know other people just listening to you like it'd be (laughs) wonderful to be a student in your classes because you've just got that patience and the way that you said how you love the journey that your students go on, it's very similar to teaching. My biggest achievement would be to see the children progress. And the biggest buzz would be, you know, to see them grow and to learn. And that's sort of the same sort of scenario. Would I, would I be right oh, in saying that? Oh, def- definitely. I, I, I would have to agree with that. I think that early childhood education background definitely has made me a more empathetic person Um, when it comes to people's learning uh, when it comes to their story uh, you know I I always want to help someone any way that I possibly can and quite often I find myself you know with a little bit too much on my plate but it's like well I'm not going to turn my back on you because you either have asked for my help or I know that I can help I kind of feel like that's why I'm here. It would be wonderful to be a student in your class. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You'd be welcome to join at any time. <laughs> How would you describe, I guess, your philosophy or your, your teaching philosophy? My teaching philosophy is that where we build people up rather than tear them down. So for, for me, we're going to get a lot more success through celebrating small achievements or even acknowledging that something is difficult at the moment but you're going to be able to overcome that or you're going to be able to get there with perseverance and and hard work rather than going you know the 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 old karate masters where they yell and scream at you like a drill sergeant and 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 beat you to till you're black and blue um for for me that's nowhere even on the on the realm of how I like to teach I I know a hundred percent certain that my students are with me because they want to be there but they also there because I'm trying my hardest to encourage them to be their best and if I were to tear them apart I missed the opportunity to help them grow and learn because that my my harsh words or my explosive actions or something like that might be the the last straw for them and break their spirits enough that they just give up and for for them their martial arts journey might go for 12 months or it might go for 40 years Um, but if I ruin it for them by being negative or too too aggressive or 
tearing them apart, they may never get to see out the their journey properly. But if I'm there as a as support along the way and able to nurture their growth and development, then at least they'll be with me for as long as they need me. And I'm picking up that you focus on getting to know each student individually so that and develop that relationship with them. Uh, yeah, I do. Some people I know better than others, but that also is based on the amount of time that they they come to training. So if someone's coming once a week versus someone coming five days a week, I'm going to get mm. to know that five-day-a-week person um, a lot quicker than I am the one one day a week, but it doesn't mean that that one day a week is less important to me. It just might take me a little bit more time to get to know them exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that your experiences, what you have gone through, has helped you to connect with your students and oh, those relationships? Oh, yeah, definitely. I've spoken to my students a lot, probably more so than ever, about um, my personal challenges in the last sort of 12 to 18 months than I ever have to anyone else before. I mean, anxiety and mental health has been such a big part of my whole life. I think my, my training has allowed me to, you know, push through and know that there will be better days or I can get through different things. But, you know, I've had students talk to me around anxiety I've had them talk to me about having experienced um, mental health concerns or issues for in themselves I'm like you know I stand out the front there you think I know what's going on but sometimes I just want to go home and curl up in my bed you know I know how hard it is but come along to training and just do the best you can and you know hopefully you'll feel better afterwards or if not you just didn't quit and you didn't give up and there will be a better day that follows follows that and yeah, more so than ever, my students have definitely heard me not complain or look for sympathy, but I'm just trying to explain to them, guys, it's hard for me right now and I'm doing the best that I can because we're all human, but I'm not going to give up on you guys and I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to close the martial arts school down. Just hang in there the best you can and we'll get through it and I appreciate your support. Mm. And I I really do think that that's where that empathy comes in again as well. So, you know, it's a lot easier for us to have empathy or to understand, especially teenagers these days, they're they're having so many more mental health challenges than ever before. That empathy helps us to really connect with our students or with your students in that way, as well as the amazing role model that you are. Like you're there, (laughs) you're showing them, you know, that you can overcome and, yep, things are hard and they do get better. If you think about your day, how bad was that day? Well, there were some things that were bad in it, but was it really a bad day? No, Mm. you know, you're still breathing. And, you know, that's that's a a big, big thing. You're still alive. So there's still, you know, a chance to make a difference in this world. And there's a chance to, you know, follow your dreams and pursue um, your goals. So, just because there's a little bit of a setback doesn't matter I've, I read a quote once and I think uh, if I remember it correctly absolutely loved it you don't slash your other three tires when you get one flat it really is a mindset though and it, I mean it is difficult mm. no one's saying that it's easy to turn things around that mindset of has something bad happened or you know do I have a bad life or whatever the situation may be but it is hard and, and you know it is a mindset but I think having like I said before having role models for our, for our kids 
having seen people taking away the stigma, like I still feel there's so much stigma um, around mental health, having, you know, gone through my own um, periods mm-hmm. of depression and, and anxiety. Yeah. Um, I do think we need to be so open about it and we do need to help others feel that they're not the only ones and they're not alone. Oh, d- oh definitely. I absolutely agree with that. I think the more that we speak about about things that are hard, we share the burden a little bit and it's mm. like, oh, I can relate to you. Yes. I can, can relate to that experience. I don't think we as people realise how much other people can look at you and go oh you've got it all sorted out or this that and the other and you know we all have our own battles but to hear someone say um oh I'm struggling or I'm having a really hard time at the moment and you're like but but you're fine mm-hmm. like I think what you're doing is amazing I was like, no I'm, I'm I'm having a hard time and so it gives you a little bit of hope that it's like oh I can get through it because this person is able to do it as well still to make those connections but everything's temporary all these seasons and everything that we go through it is temporary and different days are coming all right we're on to the part of the podcast where we ask five quick fire questions for your inspirational influential and impactful recommendations who should we connect with definitely connect with nick the nightmare atkins um he yeah he he's uh definitely inspirational that's for sure what book is a must read? At the moment, I'm reading A New Earth, Create a Better Life by Eckhart Tolle. Ah, um, yeah, and, yeah. and I tell you what, that thing's blown my mind really, really quickly. I was like, wow. There's yeah. some p- p- parts in that book that I was just like jaw dropped. Whoa. Very good. What podcast is definitely worth listening to? Uh, see, I'm really bad. I don't actually listen to podcasts, but in, right. ter- <laughs> in terms of um, people that I do listen to, I guess, on a digital format, Gary V, I follow him on Instagram. Mm-hmm. He is, uh, he excites me to no end. Just he's um, on my feed constantly and everything yep. that I hear from him is like, yes. Next one is what cause should we support? Uh, push for better. It's a push up challenge. Um, and uh, this will be my third year um, this year doing uh, the Push for Better push-up challenge. And it support, it's around creating awareness for mental health and suicide prevention. So this year um, it's 3,140-odd push-ups, I think. And that's mm. the number of lives lost to suicide in 2020. And those push-ups are done over 24 days. The idea is that each day in the app, you'll be given a, num- a number of push-ups to do. Some days will be less, some days will be more because in mental health, not every day is the same. Some days are easier, some days are harder. Do you have to do them all in one go or can you split them up over the day? No, you can, it's over the course of the day, <laughs> over the course of the day. Which again is um, one step at a time or, you know, Definitely. Break, break things down to smaller parts um, yep. to achieve a bigger goal. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And wow. where is your dream travel destination? I'd love to go back to Japan. Um, I was fortunate enough to take my son uh, just before COVID took over. So at the, in November ni- 2019. Mm. Um, and I went on a little adventure with him, but I would love to go over there and um, immerse myself in some training and more of the cultural um, side. Yeah. Um, I think that Japan has such rich culture and history um, and it's just 
beautiful across the world across the board it's aesthetically delightful and respectful I was so looking forward to going to Japan when Riley yeah. was going to be competing and then of course COVID hit and all got cancelled and yeah now, now he doesn't want to compete anymore so <laughs> we'll just have to go there on a holiday some point instead <laughs> he's doing well in other ways so <laughs> he's doing great absolutely yeah. phenomenal I don't I don't I it's funny though because I've had some students have a bit of anxiety around competing and, I, and I've, said, I've said to them, guys, it's just an option. If you want to do it, you can. I said, how many times have I said to Riley, you don't have to do it, but it's there if you want to. And I'm going to keep asking in case you one day change your mind and you're too frightened to say, can I do it? It's easier for me to say, do you want to do it? And then you say, yes. Sometimes asking to be involved is too big a thing and then you're like oh the opportunity's passed me mm. by again so yeah yeah that's great so what are the ways for listeners to engage with you um probably the easiest is on instagram um it's uh monique double double underscore mcguire or cutting underscore edge underscore martial art martial underscore arts well, thank you so much uh, for talking with us. It's been delightful. Was the word I mean, I would have gone with delightful, but hey, whatever. <laughs> it's been that as well. I'm really inspired by, by what you're doing, the way mm. you're living your life, the role model that you are. So thank you yeah. for sharing. Uh, thank you very much. I do appreciate your time this evening and the invitation to be involved. Um, it's it's very nice thank you uh, it's been wonderful to hear your story Monique so thank you very much for sharing it with us thank you for listening and we hope you found something inspiring influential or impactful to take away we'd be honoured if you shared the podcast with friends and colleagues and would greatly appreciate it if you showed your support by subscribing to Inspiration Influence and Impact the podcast and leaving a review and rating for the podcast Please connect with us on social media. For Karen, it's KCASW1 on Twitter and authenticity underscore in underscore edu on Instagram and KathWilliams05 on both. As we'd love to continue the connection, we hope you join us next episode.